0: Welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. That is my beautiful wife, Elizabeth. I'm Pastor Paul. and We have been uh, talking about following Christ, being a Christ follower. And if you're trying to catch up, if something kind of hits you today and you've not been uh, coming with us the last few weeks, this sermon series started as the House of Cards. So start with that series and then follow it up with follow. Follow. But we started in John chapter 14, actually before it, when Jesus uh, came to a couple of the disciples and said, I want you to leave your boat, leave your work, and come follow me. Those boys started following, and the group kind of grew to 12, and here's Jesus walking the earth, walking around teaching, preaching, healing, ministering, eating, living, sleeping. And these guys followed just kind of followed behind like a duck, following behind a mama duck, uh, kids following a mama duck. and They even witnessed him go to the cross, die on the cross, witnessed him come back to life. And then Jesus said, I'm leaving. And he said, I'm not just leaving, but I need to leave. It's best for you that I leave. This is John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. It's best for you that I leave because I'm going to send my spirit. And we've learned over the last few weeks why it was better that Jesus leave. Because if he were still here on the earth, we would not have his spirit. And our ability to literally have a personal relationship with him would almost be zero. For one man to have a personal relationship with billions of people, it just, it just doesn't happen. Right? He was close to a small group just like you're close to a small group, but he said, it's best for you that I leave, that we would have his spirit, that we literally could have a relationship with him because we have his spirit, right? That's where we've been the last few weeks. So if you want to catch up, go back and check those podcasts. But we've been talking about following Christ, literally following him. If you are a Christian, if you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are saying that you are a Christ follower. So what I want to talk about today is, are you a follower? What is a follower? A follower is someone who follows. It's about as deep as I get. But are you really following someone? What does a follower do? A follower watches the person in front of them and follows and stays with them, right? Um, us as a church, uh, a few years ago, Katrina hit down in New Orleans, and a couple years later, we took a trip to a, mission, a missions trip to New Orleans to, to just help the repair and the restoring of that city. And uh, there was a handful of us, 10 or 15, I don't remember how many went, but uh, we would work during the day, but then one night we went down to Bourbon Street just to sightsee. And here we are, our big group, and we're just walking down the street, and I don't know if you've ever been to New Orleans, but it is not like here. At all. In fact, it's a pretty dark city. The only other city that I would compare it to would be Vegas. Um, they're not the same, but I will tell you, uh, New Orleans is not a place to um, get lost. And here we go walking together, and I, of course, take the very back of the group just to make sure our group stays together. And, and uh, the person that was right in front of me uh, was a young lady. I'm not going to say her name. But she would just walk and look and just enjoy the scenery and then all of a sudden would just kind of, you know, just get taken in. And I would be back behind like, whoa, 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 back over here. Okay, thanks. And I mean, it was the whole time. It was so funny and it was so not funny. Because I'm like, if I got in front of her, We would lose her. We would lose her, and we cannot lose her. But I want to ask you, are you following? Let me ask you this way. When you look up, is there anyone in front of you? Or do you run your own life doing everything that you want and then like, oh, I have messed that up. God, will you come fix this? God, I've messed up. I've made a bad decision. Will you come fix it? And we kind of expect God to come in and fix our mess, and then, okay, God, we're good, and here we go again. Or are we following? I want you to know we have the Spirit of God 100% of the time, ready to lead us and guide us into all truth at all times. He says He is with us, and He will never leave us. But I want to ask you, when you look up, are you following? Are you watching the Lord's steps, what they do? A follower learns and listens and pays attention. And as we continue this thread of following, knowing that we have the Spirit of God leading us, knowing that we have the Word of God in us to learn from and to follow, I want to give you one basic um, aspect of being a follower of Christ. This is just one that we're going to deal with today, and it is witnessing. Say witness. Witness. Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. This isn't even a question. It is. He isn't saying, do you want to be my witness? He's saying, when you receive the Spirit. Now I want to ask you, who has received the Spirit? That's great. Way to go, all this work for the last few weeks. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God comes into you, into your spirit. We now have the mind of Christ. We are now covered by the righteousness of Christ. It is because we have His Spirit. We are now seen as He is. God sees us uh, through Jesus because we have His Spirit. So if we have, when we receive the spirit of God, we shall be his witness. So what does witness mean? Let me give you a couple definitions. Witness is attestation or attesting to a fact or an event. Basically a testimony. One that gives evidence specifically. One who testifies in a cause or before a judicial uh, tribunal. One asked to be present at a transaction so as to testify to it have taken place. Or finally, one who has personal knowledge of something. I want you to know that uh, when God calls us to be witnesses to him, to his word, to his kingdom, he does not expect us to be a perfect reciter of his entire word. He doesn't expect us to be full of all knowledge. Only He is. Only He is full of knowledge. What does He expect us? How does He expect us to witness? Acts chapter 22, verse 15 says that you will be a witness for Him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. That's it. You have got to be willing to talk about what you have seen or heard. When you are filled with the power of Christ and you are walking this thing out, now the challenges that you're facing are getting faced with you walking with the power of Christ. As you walk that out, following God's word, obeying his word and following his His leading, tell people what you've walked through. Are you with me? I don't have to recite the whole book of Romans or 1 Corinthians. All I have to do is share what I've been through. Have you ever uh, have you ever heard someone tell uh, tell uh, a testimony or uh, uh, try to tell you about something that happened that they weren't at? It's like a waste of time. You know what? I think the fish just got incredibly larger than it was, right? And I think you missed a bunch of details. Yeah, when someone tells you something that they personally have been through. You hear it. You can see it. You can see the battle scars on them. You can see the joy or the pain that they're going through. You know that they are giving you good testimony. Right? Look at what it says in uh, Matthew chapter 28. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always and even to the end of the age. Now, this says that all authority has been given to who? That was right. Read it again. All authority has been given on heaven and on earth to me, which is Jesus. All authority has been given to Jesus. What have we been given? His Spirit. So all authority is in us. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So when we speak according to God's word, when we speak according to God's will, that's why it says when we speak and ask according to His will and His way, it's it's done. Why? Because all authority has been given to Christ. Christ has been given to us. So can you see the importance of you speaking forth the word of God and what the will of God is and what the spirit of God is saying? It's the way that his kingdom is proclaimed throughout the earth is by your mouth. It has to come out of you. It was never intended for the power of God and and all these great miracles and stuff to just be contained within the church. No, it was, it was given to the church so that we could cover and find the lost and bring hope to a hurting world. It was never intended for us to keep our mouths shut. We are supposed to talk. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts honor Christ as the Lord, as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with all gentleness and respect. This is a great scripture. I love this. Um, be prepared to make a defense. I want you to think about how you prepare. How do you prepare for things that you're going to be tested on? Uh, you students, of course, understand that because you study, you take notes, you listen to your teacher, you dig, and you get in the chapters and you learn. If all you did, and I'm going to use Brandy as an example because she's a, nurse, a nursing student. If all you did was take what your teacher came out of her mouth, that would never cover everything that was on your test. That's you, Brandy. I'm talking about you. Yeah. You have to dig. You have to work. You have to search and study. She's, she's in the nursing department. And if all you did was just take the small snippet of what the teacher told you, it wouldn't be enough. You have to dig after it. You prepare if you show up unprepared, your grade is going to show it. Now, I'm the I'm the I, I kind of think I'm one of the the weirdest, goofiest people on the earth um, because I'm an incredibly anal retentive about certain things. And Elizabeth, she's getting her PhD as well as teaching classes. So there's a few mornings that I cook breakfast. <laughs> if y'all didn't hear that, that was my son making a. Huh, he knows where this is going. Because it's bad. It's bad when I do breakfast, and it's not my forte. I'm not great at it, but I do it. But I usually do simple stuff, Uh, bagels, cut them in half, put them in the oven, get them out, and throw the peanut butter and the jelly at the kids and say, good luck. (laughs) But every now and then I cook. Y'all have heard me say I cook biscuits and gravy, or I'll do uh, eggs and bacon and uh, toast every now and then like an egg sandwich. But every time I have that responsibility, the night before, I'm preparing. I'm setting out the the, uh, the flour, and let me tell you, it is um, self-rising flour. I've made that mistake before. <laughs> I set out the flour, and if you don't use self-rising on our recipe, they come out looking funny. But... Um, I set out the flour, I set out, I get the eggs situated and the cream and the whatever and, and the bowls and everything set out. And Elizabeth likes a clean kitchen when she goes to bed. But when she goes to bed when I'm doing breakfast in the morning, everything's everywhere. Wax, paper, cookie cutter for the biscuits, I've got everything out. Because if it's not, it's going to be a disaster in the morning. One morning I tried to do eggs and I could not find my skillet or whatever. And I threw an absolute fit. Now, I want you to know that I have the gift of self-control. But for some reason, that gift doesn't show up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying God's sleeping in. I'm just saying for some reason, I miss that. Anybody, can anybody uh, testify to that? We mess up. But I prepare. If I don't prepare, I get myself in trouble. This word is telling you to prepare. Why? Because you're going to run into somebody that needs hope, that's looking for hope. It says, who's going to ask you for a reason for the hope that is in you. There is hope in you. Whether you know it or not, if you've got Christ and the Holy Spirit in you, I want you to know that it is the hope of glory that's in you that you have what that person needs to not go literally to hell. It's in you, but you have to be prepared and ready to give it. If not, they're not going to hear it. Do you hear me? I'm incredibly uh, animated and loud this morning. I'm sorry, it's really not my personality. Well, ish. Look again what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Then you, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ. Share with people what you have been through, even through your suffering. Isaiah 43 verse 10 says, you are my witnesses. You are the ones that are to go out into the world. It says in Acts chapter 4, verse 20, for we cannot speak of what, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Your life, your walking with the Spirit of God and being in the Word is enough to reach a lost person. You do not have to be full of all these scriptures to be able to recite. All you need to do is talk about what you have seen and and heard. Ultimately our witness is Jesus Christ. His death, his burial and resurrection. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 through 4. If you want just the basics of the gospel, go to that. It says that Jesus is the only way to salvation. In in the gospel of John he says, "I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to me except no one comes to the Father except through me, which is Christ." We must lead them to Christ. And the way that we do it is not just beating them over the head with the word. Do you remember what we read just a moment ago? Um, It said to do it with gentleness and with respect. Not sitting down with someone and them asking for help and you telling them everything they're doing wrong and stomp them into the ground. Love on them. They are looking for hope. The way to show them that hope is to show them what you have seen and heard, not judge them, show them what you have seen and heard, dude, what you're going through, I've been through that, let me talk to you about it, where you've overcome situations in life, you've witnessed breakthrough or truth, you've overcome sin and addiction, you've restored your marriage, your finances, depression, loss, how godly, uh, principles, his word, his spirit, and his presence, and his church has helped you through these challenges. Everyone is looking for true help. A witness, a good witness, is a witness that gives true help. God is the helper, and he is, ever, he is very present at our time of need. But I want to ask you, when you're in a car and you see an accident, what do you do? What do you really do? Just drive on by. You know somebody else will take care of them. Maybe you dial 911, right? Is that about the extent that you do for an accident? You stop? Yeah. What if you uh, see someone get injured? Uh, I'm not a doctor. Maybe somebody will help you. I'll call somebody. I, I want to give you an example. We were going to do a skit this morning, but due to a sickness and people not being able to be here, we weren't able to do it. But... Imagine you're at work and you're sitting at the lunch table or at break and two guys are hanging out and they bring up uh, the football game from yesterday. I was going to say I could talk about last week's UT blowing it, but why don't we talk about this week's UT blowing it? Or let's talk about Alabama just killing Georgia. I blinked my, no, no, that's not of God. Let's think, what would it be? I'm kidding, yeah. Um, I blinked my eyes, it was 10 to 3 and then I... Looked at my phone again, and it was thirty-eight to three. I'm like, what happened? Um, roll tide. Uh, yeah. Okay. Two guys are sitting at the at, at lunch or at just hanging out, and the dude says, "Dude, you catch the game yesterday? Yeah, man. It was it was good or it was bad. Yeah. Did you see this play? Yeah, man. I got so excited. My wife got so mad at me. Yeah, man. That was a cool play though, wasn't it? He ran for whatever." Did you see the way the UT game opened up with a running for that touchdown? Yeah, and my wife got so mad she left for a couple hours. Yeah, but man, I can't believe Bama won that big. Do you see what I'm saying? Or two ladies get together, and this lady says, and and again, I said this first service, this is such a joke for me to try to discuss a woman's conversation because I can't. But talking about life and everything else that's going on and their hair and their job and their relationships. And one's, you know, one says, yeah, man, my life's falling apart. And the other one's like, yeah, mine's falling apart too. Well, this happened to me yesterday. Yeah, but this happened to me yesterday. And everybody keeps one-upping each other. I hear that all the time. Man, I'm so tired. Oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. Let me tell you what time I went to bed. And I'm like, I just told you I was tired. Can't you ask why I'm tired? Or do you have to tell me why you're tired? Do you follow me? Where if these two guys sat down and said, man, did you see the football game? Yeah, man, it was wild. I can't believe it. Yeah, did you see this play? Yeah, my wife got so mad. Yeah, but did you see this play? Yeah, and I know it was awful. And Yeah, but my wife got so mad she left. And the guy says, whoa, she left? What happened? Well, it wasn't about the football game. It's about years and years of bad stuff. What are you doing about it? Well, I don't know what to do. She's so upset with me. And then we just start opening up. Well, let me tell you how I've what I've been through in my marriage. I've been through this and I've been through that and I've been through this and I've been through that. Yeah, but you seem to have it all together. Well, it looks that way, but we're still working on it. Well, what did you do? Well, I will tell you, it's my relationship to Christ. I could never do this without it. I, I could never love my wife the way I'm supposed to love her without the Lord in me. And you see, it's it's through, it, it's through a situation and it's real. I can tell this guy specifically what I've been through and how I tried to do it on my own and failed and failed and failed, but instead we wind up talking about the football game and the guy never gets help, where the door has just opened for me to be able to lead this guy to the Lord through what I've walked through, through his broken marriage. May even be a sinner, may be an atheist, but all I've done is planted a seed. And what's happened is, is when I decide to give my testimony according to God's Word, even if it's just about my marriage, the Spirit of God anoints that testimony and hits that man right where no one else could hit him and softens that heart. I can't save someone. I can't make somebody turn their life around, but the Spirit of God can. And when I start to share my testimony and then ultimately lead them to a relationship with Jesus Christ, the walls come down. Maybe he doesn't get saved right then. Maybe it's not till later. But a seed has gone in. It says in Revelation chapter, uh, Mikey, can you jump ahead for me? Revelation chapter 12, 11, they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Satan is defeated by the blood of Jesus and by your testimony. What's your testimony? What you've seen and heard. Do you hear me? Your testimony, your witness to life, life with Christ, overcoming. But that's not all. You also have the word. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I want to ask you. Is the word hidden in your heart? I want you to know I started reading the one-year Bible in 2001, and I've read it every year since. And I feel like that that word is still getting in my heart. It did not happen overnight. I will tell you the power of God happened in my life overnight when I started getting in his word. But his word literally getting into my heart, it took time over and over and over and over and over. I don't have the best memory. I can my flesh can kick in so quickly, but it says, I want you to look at what this says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you succeed and prosper in all that you do. If we do what Study the Word. Hide it deep in your heart. I believe that having the Word of God in your heart helps keep you from sinning. We just read it. Do you know the Word? 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, "...all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness." That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Can you see the combination of the word being in your heart and the spirit of God being with you? Let me tell you, ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no mountain high enough. If I've got the word along with the spirit, there is nothing That can separate me, that can take me down. Not sin, not man, nothing. So, to be a witness, have you ever seen a bad witness? (laughs) Have you ever seen a bad witness? Has someone ever given you bad witness to you badly? dude, you need to leave that woman. You need need to go over here with me and the boys and go hang out and play cards tonight or whatever. If you have anybody that gives you bad information, you've got to watch before you witness that you are a good witness. You need to be a follower of Christ before you are witnessing. And a follower of Christ knows his word, obeys his word, when he makes mistakes, gets back up and gets back on track. A person that witnesses... The gospel of Christ yet lives a heathen wor- lives a heathen life is a hypocrite, and it's why the world rejects the church, because the church is great at judging everyone but living a worldly lifestyle. We cannot have our cake and eat it too. We must be Christ followers. You want to know why the power of God is not in the church? It's because we're not following Christ. I didn't mean for that to come out. I was. <laughs> the truth we don't have the spirit of God we don't understand the spirit of God we're not following the spirit of God we're not getting the heart down deep in our hearts and allowing transformation to occur if we would the power of God is ready to do miracles in this in this nation again but it is going to happen in the church the church is the most powerful entity in this world but yet there's no power Because we've missed it. We must be in the word. We must be full of the spirit. And we must witness to what we are walking through. I want you to know I do not do everything right. I make multiple multiple mistakes daily. But there is a way to fall down and get up. And there's a way to walk the wrong walk. The spirit and truth. The spirit is in you. The word is in you. You have the spirit. You have the word. We've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? Do you? Do you really? Even though we have all of this, we must witness and we must walk. We must witness and we must walk. We must not drive by a wreck. We must not ignore somebody hurting. If you would start listening and start stop thinking about what you need to say next, the door is going to open for you to, to lead someone lost to the Lord. Amen. Those doors are so open and it's so simple to just testify what you have seen and heard. That's it. Just testify what you've been through and how God has helped you. You are going to lead people to the Lord. And it's not going to be some goofy churchy thing. It's going to be the Spirit of God doing a miracle in somebody's life. In you. In you. Will you guys stand up with me? If you'll just bow your heads with me, I just want to ask you, are you really a follower? Are you reading His Word? Are you following His Spirit? Who's walking out in front of you? Is it you? Is it the world? Holy Spirit, we need to learn how to be led by you. We need to start all over and start looking for you and follow you just like we would follow the leader like we did in kindergarten. You haven't made it hard for us to hear you or see you. You've made it easy. You're in us. Just ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill us, to transform us. And Lord, that we would make a conscious decision to follow you. Just praise your holy name. You're so good. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. And we're loved by you. It's who we are. Help us, Lord, to obey your word, to look for your word. And Holy Spirit, lead us, teach us. And Lord, as we start to learn that we would open our mouths and testify to what you've done in our life. You've done so much. Just bless your heart.